Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us online today here at Rethink Life Church. It's always an honor to have you join with us. And let me go ahead and encourage you right now before you forget to click on those share buttons. Please make sure you share this with every dad, listen, every parent that you possibly know. Today is Father's Day, and we just want to say a happy Father's Day to all of the men. We want to give you a little shout out and just say how much we love you, we honor you, and we deeply appreciate the men that you are and the great encouragement and inspiration that you are to all of our lives. Today, we're going to talk about fatherhood. Specifically, we're going to be talking about what a father actually looks like. And we're going to take it a step further. We're going to talk about how to be a great dad, how to become a father figure that God wants to use to impact the next generation. You know, I was reading a statistic the other day. In fact, out of the U.S. Census Bureau, they report that there is an estimated of 18.3 million children. That's one out of every four in the U.S., that is without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. And that's staggering to me. And I'd be safe to say that perhaps now more than ever, men and women for the first time, perhaps in a generation, have basically been raised or have grown up without a father figure in the home. And so with that, I would be safe to say that When it comes to the current generation, many who are in the process of parenting and even raising their own children right now, maybe don't even have a clear picture or maybe an understanding or even a healthy concept of what a father figure or what perhaps a fatherly role should look like and ultimately how a father should conduct themselves when it comes to the role that they play in raising the next generation. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we don't have to leave it up to our current culture today that's trying to redefine fatherhood and what that looks like and what that means to our current society. But I'm thankful that the Word of God, the Bible, gives us the ultimate picture of who God our Father is. Aren't you thankful that some 740 years before the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah penned these words. In Isaiah 50, excuse me, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says these words, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that God saw fit that He literally helped us have a clear understanding of who He wants to become in our lives. He wants to be that mighty counselor to show us and to guide us and to to comfort us and to give us wisdom and direction in life. He wants to give us that power that we need so that we can live victorious 
in our everyday lives. He wants to become that everlasting Father who we're going to be talking about in even greater detail today and to ultimately have that sense of peace in our lives. Not just knowing who we are in Christ, but ultimately whose we are in Christ because of what God the Father has done for each of us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And in fact, Matthew in the Gospels penned that exact same statement. He quoted Isaiah. This was after the birth of Jesus Christ, affirming the fact that God came to earth. His name is Emmanuel, and it simply means God with us. You know, one of God's attributes that we all need to understand today on this Father's Day is the fact that God is truly a father to our lives. In fact, in Psalm 68 verses 5 and 6, it says these words, To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. And the lonely, he makes part of family. Aren't you thankful for that? That God loves us, He cares deeply about us, and He has included us. He wants to be that Heavenly Father, to be the ultimate Father figure, an example that all of us can live our lives with. And so with that, 150 times in the Gospels, here's what Jesus talked about. He talked about God as Father. You see, God came to earth in the form of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. You know why God the Father came to earth in the form of His Son? Let me tell you why. Not only to forgive us of our sins and to give us salvation because of what He did on the cross, but also He wanted to become one of us. Listen, He wanted to be relatable to us. You see, He not only wanted to become one of us, but He wants us to be able to look to Him and to have a relationship with Him just like we would have a relationship with our earthly father. And if you perhaps were raised without an earthly father, a biological father, an adoptive father, a stepfather, here's the good news. You have an everlasting father. You have a heavenly father who loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you, and he is relatable. Here's what you need to understand about who God God the Father truly is. Notice some of His attributes. First of all, our Heavenly Father is caring. I love what the Scripture says in Psalm 103, verse 13. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. Aren't you thankful that we have a Heavenly Father who cares, who's tender and compassionate toward each of us? A second attribute is the fact that our Heavenly Father is also consistent. It simply means He is reliable. He can be counted upon. In Psalm 59 verse 10, the psalmist says, In His unfailing love, my God will stand with me. Aren't you thankful for that? You see, our Heavenly Father is not only caring and consistent, but another attribute simply says that He is close. The scripture tells us in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him sincerely. So God is right where He's always been. He's right where you are, and He's close. 
and he wants to have a real, intimate, and personal, and deep, close relationship with each of us. The fourth attribute is the fact that our Heavenly Father is capable. I love what Luke 1 verse 37 says, For there is nothing impossible with God. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God, our Heavenly Father, who is caring, who is consistent, who is close, and who is capable? Listen, He is the one who wants to guide us and to help us navigate our lives so that we can stay in the arms of His shelter so that we can stay in that close proximity and intimate relationship with Him because He will never leave us nor will He ever forsake us. He loves us greatly. Now, if you want to know what a father figure is supposed to be and what a father figure looks like, then go no further than to our Heavenly Father who's already shown us and demonstrated to us time and time again just how lovingly and tender His love and care is for each of us. So with that said, today, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you something that I think is going to be very helpful, very practical. You know, I know we all or perhaps are at different stages and seasons in our lives. And if you're a father, if you're a dad, maybe you're a grandfather that's watching this, you know, here's what's interesting. We all go through different seasons. In fact, my wife Michelle and I, we're in a season where our children, our three children are now grown and they're out of the house. They are adults. And so we're in a new season with being an empty nester. So we've kind of been there, done that, and uh, bought the keychain. But at the same time, we're in a new season and we're still adapting and we're still adjusting. And I've come to realize you never, ever stop parenting no matter what. And so with that, you may be perhaps a new dad. Maybe you're expecting a child soon. And you know, with all the things going on in our world and the concerns of our present culture and all the things that our kids are being exposed to, maybe there's a lot of apprehension and uncertainty and fear that you have that you feel incapable or inadequate. Maybe you are in the midst of raising children right now. You have multiple kids at different stages and phases in life, and maybe you're going through those preteen or maybe those teenage years, and maybe you're going through the so-called terrible twos. Well, listen, whatever stage or age or phase you might be in, I strongly believe that these five things that we're going to be talking about today is going to help guide you so that you can become that father figure that God wants to use so that you don't necessarily try to strive to be a perfect dad because there's no such thing as a perfect dad. But with God's help, listen, God can help you become a great dad to your kids. So here are five principles that we can apply to our lives and specifically to our children if you're watching this as a dad. Number one is this, and that is, Our responsibility, first and foremost, is to provide spiritual leadership. This is so vitally important. I like what the winter snowy character named Jack Frost once said. He said, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Just let that sink in for just a moment because that is a profound statement and so true. We reproduce who we are. In fact, 
One of the things that I think is so important, in fact, I would be safe to say the single most important, the highest and greatest responsibility and priority that we have as fathers is to help lead the way, to set the tone and set the pace in our family spiritually. I love what uh, the leadership expert and author John Maxwell says when it comes to the subject of leadership. He said, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And I think it's one of the reasons why Moses gave literally a multitude of parents this command given to him by God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, it says these words, And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. That is referred to in the Bible as the great commandment. And it applies to all of us that we are to put God first and we are to love Him more than anything else, giving Him everything we got, heart, soul, mind, strength. Listen, to love Him with all of our hearts. And then notice the next statement goes like this in the next verse. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Dads, once again, our highest and most important responsibility and priority in our home when it comes to raising our children is to be the spiritual leader. I cannot emphasize how important it is that dads play a significant role when it comes to laying the spiritual foundation for their children's lives, to help them to establish not just spiritual truths in their lives, but to establish strong moral and biblical values, character qualities that honor God so that they have a sense of right and wrong, so they understand where their true identity comes from. It doesn't come from the things of this world or what other people say about us or what we feel about ourselves. No, we are who God made us to be. And it's important that dads help shape that identity, help shape those character qualities, help shape those moral and spiritual values so it serves as a strong, healthy, life-giving foundation that the enemy cannot shake in their lives. I just think it's important that we also realize that as dads, we have to lead the way when it comes to even providing the discipline in this realm of raising our kids. Because you see, this cannot be you know, deferred to someone else. This cannot be pushed upon somebody else. And we can't have the expectation of somebody else will take care of that. We cannot be passive or even passive aggressive in this area. You know why? Because listen, kids now more than ever, they need boundaries in their lives. And they need to know the difference between what is right 
and what is wrong. And when they cross those lines, listen, when they understand where the line is because they've been taught that, and then they cross the line, they need to know that there are consequences for doing wrong, for making poor choices, for doing things that don't honor God in their personal lives. You see, discipline, according to the scripture, listen to this, is correction driven by love. You know the difference between punishment and discipline? Punishment is something you do to your kids, but correction is something you do for your kids, and it's driven out of a heart of love. Why? Because we love our children and we want ultimately what is best for our children the exact same way our Heavenly Father disciplines us and chastens us as His own children when we disobey Him, when we cross over those lines and those boundaries spiritually and morally in our lives. He disciplines us because He loves us and He wants what's ultimately best for our lives. And so listen, when it comes to being the spiritual leader in your home, maybe you're sitting here thinking to yourself, well, hey, I appreciate all this and this is very challenging and I understand there's a need here, but unfortunately I didn't have a father who taught me these things. I wasn't exposed to a father figure in my life who led our family in this way. I don't even know what to do. Let me share with you just a few practical things because listen, it is not complicated. So don't feel overwhelmed. Don't put all this unnecessary pressure on your life. Listen, just let God use you. You see, when you understand the role of responsibility you have, then we just become His hands, His feet, His voice. We become His heart to our children. For example, one of the best things you can do for your children, listen to this, is to spend time with God yourself. In other words, just spend daily some time between you and God. Because the closer you get to God, James says, the closer He becomes to us. Our Heavenly Father wants to be close in our lives. And here's the truth behind that. Listen, when we begin to lead our children, lead our spouse, lead our family, we're doing it now out of the overflow of our lives. You know why? Because we are attached, we are connected to the vine, that source of power that we cannot provide on our own. And so therefore, allow our time with God, our growth in our relationship with God to spill over into the lives of our children. In other words, share with them what God is doing in your life. Share with them a verse of scripture that maybe you read that particular day. Maybe offer to put something in their lunchbox, a little scripture verse saying, hey, I'm praying this over you today. Maybe send them a text message, letting them know you're praying for them. You see, we need to spend time in God's word. We need to pray with our kids. We need to pray for our kids and we need to pray over our kids because I'm telling you, you know this to be true. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says that the enemy, the devil, is, is, is prowling around like a, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the enemy wants to devour your children. And so we got to be on guard. That's the reason why we got to send our kids out into the world with the full armor of God. We need to have the protection of the word of God and the power of prayer. Those are the most important weapons in our lives. Another thing we need to do 
Listen, we need to get our kids in church. You know, it always just ceases to amaze me how our culture today puts everything else before God. And it's kind of like, unless there's nothing else going on, I mean, absolutely no other options on planet Earth to choose from, then we might consider going to church. And by the way, if you're watching this, give yourself a little high five, a little pat on the shoulder for just taking this moment to prioritize this day. Because listen, one of the things that LifeWay Research revealed here recently, which I thought was fascinating, listen to this. When a young person becomes a Christian, there's only a 3.5% probability that the rest of the family will follow Christ. If the mother is the first to believe in Jesus, there's a 17% probability that the rest of the family will follow. But notice this. But when the father is the first to follow Christ, listen to this, there is a 93% probability the rest of the family will follow Christ. Goes back to what I said a few moments ago. Everything rises and falls on leadership. To take a step further in that study that Lifeway conducted, did you know that even when it comes to, listen, doing life with other believers in the context of small groups, when a dad is involved in a small group, there is a 55% chance the kids will participate in small groups when they are grown. So here's what I've learned in some 30 years of ministry. And you need to fasten your seatbelt for what I'm about to say, because I believe this with all of my heart. Parents who treat the church as optional should not be surprised when their kids treat Jesus as unnecessary. That is so vitally important. We have got to be the spiritual leaders in our home. The second thing is this. We got to provide emotional support. You know, the, uh, the most important thing that I think we can do is offer the kind of support that this generation, our children, so desperately need. And who better to look to for an example than God himself? In fact, in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said it this way, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Isn't that powerful? To know that God comforts us in our challenges so that we in return can comfort others through their difficulties. And I'm here to tell you that kids today are going through all kinds of disappointments, setbacks, difficulties, pressures. Listen, they are emotionally depleted just like we are as adults. But think about how their emotional tanks can easily run on empty and us not even be aware of that. Listen, there are five basic needs that every kid has. Every kid, in fact, here it is in the form of an acrostic. I love acrostics. Every child, listen, has a need to be noticed. Every child has a need to be encouraged. Every child has a need for empathy. Every child has a need for direction. And every child has a need for security. 
Listen, just like you look at the, the gauges on the dashboard of your car and you read those gauges to determine whether you need gas, whether the oil needs to be changed, what do you do? You pay attention and you read those gauges because it is an indicator letting you know that something is not right or something needs to change. In the same way, we need to ask God to help us be aware of how to read this, this, the emotional gauges in the lives of our children and help be there to put deposits to help fill their tank rather than continuing to take away like the world is great at doing. You see, one of the most important things, Dad, that you can do for your kids is to love your wife. And Mom, the greatest single thing you can do for your kids is to love your husband. And can I just say, I realize we have single parents that may be watching and maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'm going at this alone. I just want to say that is all the more reason you need to tap into the power source, which is God, our father, who wants to help you in this season so that you can give your children, listen, that no one else can give other than God. Allow God's supply to flow through you into the lives of your children. Listen, your home ought to be the safest place on the planet when it comes to the emotional security that your children have and that they feel in their home. The third thing is this. Not only do we need to provide spiritual leadership and we need to, need to, need to provide emotional support, but we need to provide that relational connection. And Psalm, excuse me, I'm sorry, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, it says these words, some friendships don't, don't last for long. In other words, some friends, they just come in and they go out. They come and they go. And some are in different seasons. But it says, but there is one loving friend who is joined to your heart closer than any other. Aren't you thankful for that? You know who that friend is? It is God, our heavenly father, who is a friend. You know, Abraham in the Bible, along with Moses and even King David, they were known for being friends with God. In fact, King David was often referred to as being a man after God's own heart. In other words, there was a connection that he had with the Father. And I think that's what we should strive for, to have that same love and close and intimate connection with our children, where there's a high level of trust and security because of the relationship that we have with them. You know, one of the things that James Dobson once said that really captured my attention, he said the average parent spends less than 14 minutes a week in meaningful conversation with their kids. You know how you spell love? It's spelled T-I-M-E. And men, listen, I know we're busy. More dads are working from home than ever before. More dads have become even the primary caregivers than any other time in history. But even with that, sometimes we can be present physically in the home, but still be disconnected relationally and emotionally. That's the reason why we gotta be intentional with those relationships. It's the reason why we gotta carve out time Listen, not just running around from dance practice and, you know, and, and, and ball games and doing all those things. There's a place for that. But I'm talking about just spending quality time as a family. 
whether that's just doing something once a week. We used to call it family, family Friday family fun night in our home. And we would go out and we'd eat pizza or we'd watch movies and you know, we'd go out and ride bikes and we would just spend those quality times together. Listen, do things that your kids enjoy. Enter into their world and build those relational connections that one day you'll look back on and be so thankful that you did. One of the most, I guess, probably the highest blessings and joys that Michelle and I share right now with our three adult children is the fact that they are our best friends. We simply love being with them and they love being with us because we've established those relationships over the course of time. The fourth thing that when it comes to being a great dad is the fact that we need to give our kids a vision for life. You know, Sir Isaac Newton once said these words, if it appears as though I can see further than anyone else, it is because I have had the privilege of standing on the shoulders of great men. I love that. Let's allow our kids to stand on our shoulders so they can see brighter, see further, see greater things than ever before. In fact, in Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, When there are no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I love that. I'm very fortunate, so is my wife Michelle. We've been very blessed to be able to stand on the shoulders of great dads in our lives. I'm the youngest of four boys. Michelle's the oldest of four girls. And as we look back at the influence our fathers have had on our lives, honestly, it has helped shape us in so many countless ways. They weren't perfect, but they were great dads who were committed to the process. In fact, my dad he used to always challenge me to think big. And here's the reason why. He, he said, because little thinkers become big stinkers. I, I love that. That's never, listen, that has always stuck in my head. I've never forgotten that. And he used to do things to help, you know, kind of show me how things could be done. He wanted to instill vision in my life. He also understood that vision can't be taught. It has to be caught. So he gave me exposure to big events and big personalities and big stories of people who overcome, who overcame great obstacles to achieve great levels of success. Why? Because he wanted me to understand that, listen, with God, all things are possible. That, listen, with God, we can do anything that we set our heart and our mind to with God's help. Listen, we, we can accomplish greater things than perhaps any generation before us because God wants to use us. And so we have to give them a vision for life. Helen Keller once said, the only thing worse than being blind is to have sight with no vision. That's so vitally true. Dads, we got to become the cheerleaders in the lives of our children so they catch the vision of who God has called them to be and what God wants to do in and through their lives, that nothing is impossible with our great God. And the fifth thing that I think dads can do when it comes to becoming a great dad to their children, and that is to help them pursue their purpose. They need a purpose 
to pursue. In fact, in Ephesians 2.10, I love this. We have become His poetry, Paul said, and recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. For we are joined to Christ, the Anointed One. And even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that He has called us to fulfill. You know, as a parent, especially when I look at um, our own children, for example, I think as a dad, one of the most rewarding and joyful things that I've been able to watch unfold, and it's taken time for our own children to discover this, but what's really amazing is when you see your children suddenly begin to tap into their God-given gifts, their talents, their skills, their strengths. And when those connect with their greatest passions, I'm telling you, it is amazing because what suddenly happens is those kids begin to realize this is what I'm made for. And when they attach that to a greater mission and a cause, a greater purpose that is bigger and greater than themselves, and that mission is to advance the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to become salt and light, to show the way and to share the way on their school campuses and in the workplace and wherever their spheres of influence might be, guess what? We will have done our job at passing the baton to the next generation. Let's leave them more than just memories. Let's leave them a legacy to carry on that will impact future generations for the glory of God. That's our role. That's our purpose. That is what God has called us to do as we attempt to become, with God's help, great dads to our children. I want to leave you with this statement, and that is this. I love what Andy Stanley once said. He said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but it might be someone you raise. Man, what a powerful statement. And that's my prayer for you. My prayer is that in your heart, one day, you will know this statement to be true. In 3 John 1, 4, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And that's my prayer for you. And I don't know, maybe perhaps where you are, again, at this stage or season, uh, in your parenting journey as a dad, Maybe you feel overwhelmed and completely inadequate. And maybe, just maybe, you're watching this today and you thought to yourself, wow, I've never had a father figure, but I would love to know God as the ultimate father in my life. Well, I want to give you that opportunity right now. You can just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are, wherever you're watching this. And would you be willing today to pray this prayer in your heart? And maybe you already are a follower of Jesus. Maybe you already have that relationship with God, but maybe today as a Christian dad, a Christian grandfather, whoever's watching this, maybe, just maybe, God is using this message to help rekindle and to restore in your heart once again the priority and the sense of urgency to lead with great intentionality. But if you need to know God today, 
as your own heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Would you pray this prayer in your heart? Say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. and Today by faith, I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and came back to life. And Today, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, I personally would love to know. Would you do me a favor? Would you just simply click that uh, button that says, I decided at the top of your screen, or just uh, type in the chat there, I decided. We want to send you a little booklet that would be a great source and help in your personal journey as you seek to grow and become all that God has called you to be and get to know your new heavenly father. Hey, we love you guys. Listen, every one of you enjoy this special day and happy Father's Day. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.